I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. writing this down. This is good stuff. Hey, I'm John and this is John Helps You Write Better. And today we're going to we're going to write better. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's the start of a week. Let's let's do it. We're going to start today with a history lesson. Not a very long one, not a very detailed one, but we're going to talk about some stuff and then find its modern day analogs and then you'll see um kind of why this episode is called what this episode is called. There's this thing, there's this idea that says, if I make a space for you, people who will um, engage with me or people who will uh, pay attention to me or reward me with with income or or exchange goods for services, that uh, I get to, because you're here engaging with me, I get to dictate how you should behave. This is called paternalism. It's also called welfare capitalism, but paternalism is sort of the bigger overall idea that I have a responsibility to you since I'm providing you a space to do whatever it is this space does or whatever we do in this space. But since I'm giving you this space, I also have a responsibility to give you some rules to operate by and give you some rules on how I will accept or not accept certain behaviors or I will reward certain actions versus disallow certain actions. And overall, it becomes this paternal relationship. Now, you might be saying, well, that doesn't sound so bad, John. That sounds an awful lot like all those terms and service agreements or all those little check boxes I have to click when I sign up to a new thing or when I join a new group, I have to say I'll behave and that I won't be like a racist or something like that. That seems all very well, good and normal. And it, to, to most, in, in most cases, it is normal. In most cases, it is good that, you know, you promise not to be an asshole in a space and then you don't be an asshole. That's, that's good. I think you should do that without having to fill in a little box and click a button. But yeah, it, it's good that everybody agrees to a certain set of behaviors and a certain set of rules in order to engage with or interact with each other within the walls or boundaries of a space. I think that's fine. Where the problem comes in is who makes the rules and what rules are they? It's one thing if it's just, hey, don't be racist here or, hey, you know, try to be inclusive in your pronoun usage. Those are rules to help everyone sort of feel equal, to create a sense of horizontal growth rather than a top-down authoritarian approach. That's not a problem. Those things make sense. We all sort of agree to, you know, keep our pants on when we go to a fancy restaurant. It's it's just social contract stuff. But what if the rules were a little bit more rigid? What if the rules were a little bit more intense? And what if those rules were forcibly applied and you were, you know, there wasn't a lot of wiggle room and there wasn't a lot of permission given to kind of explore outside the boundaries. In some ways, you see this more stringent adherence to rules and the stringent monitoring of the people of the group. You see this in cult behavior, or you see this in 
sort of uh, militaristic and and fascistic groups where they self-police aggressively in order to maintain control and dominance. You've got to take a look at who's making the rules and what those rules do and why those rules are in place. And you are allowed as a human being to question rules. A lot of people won't. A lot of people will leverage the idea of, gosh, I want to be part of this group, but I want to be on the inside and I don't want to be on the outside. I don't want an us versus them. I want to be part of the us, not the them, or I want access to what this group has. So I, I just have to sort of accept these rules and I don't question things because I don't want to be a problem. This kind of thinking is pretty pervasive, but it's also how this kind of thinking stays entrenched. And the idea that we can't question things and we can't call shit out and we shouldn't really stop and look too closely at who's making the rules and how they're being enforced and what we're supposed to do about it. If we don't question that and figure out how we feel about it and then do something about it, we're, we're really just kind of nodding our heads, drinking the flavor aid and, and just kind of walking blindly forward into things. Let's go one step further. Paternalism was put in place and actively used in situations called company towns. Company towns uh, were and are, because they still exist, uh, towns that sprouted up entirely funded by and supported by and on behalf of large corporations, factories, capitalists, etc., where they realized that they being the, the factory owners, the, the capitalist pig swine who should be, you know, lined up against a wall. Um, they realize that they have all these workers and they should provide housing and homes for the workers to make their commute to work very easy. And they they can go a step further. And if they, you know, the, the, the business provides the homes, then the workers can just pay the, the, the factory people rent. They don't have to worry about outside forces. And the, the, the town will be provided basically just all the services come out of the capitalist. All the services go to, the workers go to the factory, and the factory, as, as a collective, kind of provides everything for the people. This sounds, in some ways, utopic. Everybody's just helping each other out. The problem is it's not utopic, it's dystopic. It's this idea that you can't go outside the loop. You can't leave the bubble, the walled garden of our capitalist example here. You you can't go outside. You have to go to their grocery store. You have to use this service. You have to own one of these things. You have to go over there and do this. Don't question it because questioning it gets you in trouble. But you, if you need a thing, you've got to stay within the perimeter of the company town. And because it's a company town and it's all there, gosh, just to behave and help you succeed, paternalism, it reinforces itself in a loop. You act a certain way, you behave a certain way, you pay attention only to what the dictates of the capitalist part of the, the company town says, and the company towns would issue something called scrip. Scrip is functionally monopoly money. It's money that works within the confines of a certain set of uh, parameters that isn't money, but it acts like money. And most often this was used as IOUs or in some way it was a physical representation to sort of mirror workflow. So instead of a dollar bill being worth a hundred pennies and then, you know, trading that for a value, you know, trading that for an item, you'd have script, which would be anywhere from this script is worth this, this piece of paper 
is worth two hours of my labor in the factory. So if I need, you know, uh, 60 units of work to buy food for my family, then I need to make sure I have or I earn enough script so that I can spend 60 extra hours on an extra shift so that this week my family can have groceries. Script is bad. We don't want script. Uh, it's illegal in some cases, but there are always ways around that. You see that in tokens and and bits and emoji and cheers and all different kinds of things. That are, there are currencies that function on only work in certain spaces on behalf of or representing a greater actual economy. Company towns thrived on that stuff. They thrived on script. They thrived on aggressive self-policing. They thrived by keeping everybody not questioning too much, clutching their pearls when they had to. And if anybody got out of line, they were met with swift punishment and immediate like exclusion. Once you were in, you were in. And once you were out, you were way out. Thus endeth the history lesson. So why am I bringing this up? Why does any of this matter? Because we still have company towns now. We have digital company towns. Would you like some examples? If you get Apple products, you stay within the walled garden of Apple. I can't, I, I have an iPhone. I have a, a Mac mini. I have a MacBook. I have um, a music account. I have plenty of Apple peripherals and I can't easily swap and jump over to a Windows system. Not without doing some extra hurdles. Let's do another. I have an Amazon account. I have Amazon Prime Video. I have Amazon Music. I have, in the past, purchased uh, Amazon Assistant Robot Surveillance Devices. I have taken advantage of two-day free Prime shipping. I have an Audible account. I get credits every month. I look to Amazon for affiliate income. Amazon is a company town. Now, there are some parts of that company town I don't engage with. I don't need to. I don't give a shit. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Goodreads is one of those things. A little walled community of people who will use Amazon for their publishing needs, but also stay within the Amazon ecosystem. Ecosystem now is the, the trendy buzzword to replace company town because it, it sounds nicer. It's the same fucking thing. But we stay within the Amazon company town slash ecosystem and we talk about Kindle, KDP, the K-boards, whatever you want to call them. And we talk about books and we make them popular and we, we demand attention and we, we review bomb one another. And we pretend like everything inside this walled garden, everything inside our company town is absolutely the only thing that matters we also go one step further, and if you have no idea what the hell is going on, if you're just, you don't give a shit, you're clueless, then you are really missing out. This is the behavior we reinforce inside our company town, because you got to be in the know. Everybody knows what books are currently being bombed or have been review bombed in the last week. Everybody knows the names of the books. Everybody knows why we're talking about them. Everybody knows, right? Everybody knows. Everybody knows, right? No. Well, then why? 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 Why don't you know? Why aren't you part of our company town? Why don't you engage in our company town banter? Why aren't you aware of what's going on? This is everything. This is the only thing 
So says the people of Goodreads. So say, so say Amazon. You have to know these things. You have to stay within the boundaries. Don't question. Don't ask, says Amazon. But do talk about this. Discuss this. Stay here. Stay here where we can control you. Stay here where we can tell you how to think and how to feel and reinforce the idea that you have to use Amazon to publish and you have to care about your search ranking and you have to care about tags and you need to know what your ASIN number is. Stay here in our company town. Avail yourselves of all our company services. Don't look too far. Don't go away. Don't think you could do something else because we're in charge. It's us. We're Amazon. You need us. And the reality is, you don't. You can go outside Amazon. You can go sell your book off your own website. Just make a PDF and sell it through, I don't know, a WordPress blog. You can do that. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to use Amazon. You can go to Smashwords. There's loads of alternatives. You can go to Kinko's, or I don't even know if Kinko's is still around. You can go somewhere to get your book physically printed and bound and then sell it out of the back of your car in a box. You can go to an independent printer like Bang or Kraken and produce a book. You can go print on demand. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to stay within the company town to accomplish the same sort of things. When company towns were flourishing in the United States across the mid to late 1800s and into the early 1900s before things got messy, Google it, when people left those company towns, uh, either to avoid things like the army coming and shooting you or the Pinkertons breaking your legs or just some kind of reprisal one way or the other, they were shocked to, dis to discover that in a lot of cases, other towns were better. They got outside the walled garden. They shook off the programming. They stopped spending all their time reinforcing all their social connections, much like being deprogrammed from a cult. And they realized the world was so much bigger and so much more available and so much more interesting. Amazon is a company town. Goodreads drama, the stuff that flourished over the last couple days, does not matter. It does not matter. I know. I know. You're going to sit there and tell me, yeah, but this, this person's getting review bombed. Uh-huh. Where are they getting review bombed? They're getting review bombed on Amazon. So people are talking on an Amazon platform about what's happening on Amazon because Amazon, 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 Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Goodreads is not the be-all, end-all. It's not going to be the be-all, end-all. It is the dysfunctional friendster of book politicking, social clubs, masturbatory, water cooler talk. And it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, your job is to create art and sell it to other people, maybe. At least create art. You don't need Goodreads for that. There's no reason for it. You don't have to engage with this. It doesn't matter. It's, it's criminally disgusting. It's not actually, I don't think it's a crime. Well, Amazon says that it's a social crime. It violates the social construct. Fraud, I guess, would be the closest exception, or the, the closest rule, but... Um, Tough to prove, even though people have receipts online. But, yeah, it's bad. Review bombing bad. Amazon says it's bad. All hell Amazon. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Your day still goes on. The sun still rises. The sun still sets. You can still make art. Amazon is a company town. You don't have to join. You don't have to behave that way. 
stop and question why you feel you do. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you tomorrow.